Last time on Improv Tabletop, we stepped behind the scenes of an incredibly popular TV show called uh, The Pleasantly Proper Baking Competition, which is being hosted this season in a dinosaur theme land, a new attraction boasting real-life dinosaurs. Chief among the show's contestants, we have Dave Skullcrusher, a massive MMA fighter trying to prove to his parents that he can be the baker they always dreamed he could be, Dr. Stephen Bond, a paleontologist guest star who specializes in raptor studies and has never baked before in his life, and Trex, a a literal velociraptor whose DNA testing induced human sentience is often at odds with his predatory instincts. During the first round of the competition, a test to see who could make the best Queen Amon turned foul when shifty fellow contestant Skag Skags bribed Dave to sabotage another contestant, uh, the elderly grandmarm Gladia Chittenden Chalmondly, by replacing her sugar with salt. This swap led the judges to send Gladia home, while the final contestant, young Timmy Tommy Tutum, was named the day's star baker. With the first day of baking behind them, what other drama will our players run into in the dark after hours of Dinosaur Theme Land? What's shaking, everybody? You are listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up absolutely everything on the spot. I am Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I am joined by my friends... Caleb Anderton, your resident raptor. Evan Peterson, your tough MMA fighter. And JP, you're just generally out of place archaeologist. So, at this point, you have been released from the compound, and you are free to kind of go about your way, but it's getting a little bit late, so it'll probably be time to look at going to sleep soon. Some of the uh, patrons are starting to filter their way out of the park, and things are getting a little dark. Trex, I really enjoyed how you were able to make sugar and butter. Is that something that is just, I don't know, is that common nature to you? Is that something that you're just driven to do? I'll be honest i um <clears throat> was simply a bit bored with the task of baking it's it's rather fun but i um i felt done and and personally uh, remember we talked about my taste it it's it's kind of all the same anyway to me whether it's a full on confection or whether it's just the ingredients all sort of shoved together with no rhyme or reason it's all the same to me my taste is not that refined so I was done for my purposes. Mm, yes, 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 yes. Um, I have another question. Uh, so dogs, when they are happy, they seem to wag their tails. Is that the same for raptors? That's an excellent question. Uh, you know what? I mean, tell me something that you think would make me happy, and we'll see. I've never noticed. I have another rat in my pocket. My tail starts twitching a little bit involuntarily. Ha! I knew it! I knew it! There's a correlation between dinosaurs and dogs! That is uh, quite fascinating. As I said, I've, I've never noticed that before. That's... Stop! Stop that, tail! Stop it! There, there we go. It stopped. Trex, if you don't mind me interrupting... Seems like you have a little bit of impulse control. Would you say that? What? Impulse control issues, I should say. I am perfectly proper. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it's just back there in the kitchen. I mean, you tried to kick me in the chest. I also didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to be rude, but I did see you devour that rat earlier. Yes, uh, uh, all right, I, I will admit. It feels as if there are two brains competing for dominance in my walnut brain. There's the intellectual side of me, and then there is the instinct side of me, and sometimes I don't know which one is going to win out. This will definitely make this show very interesting if any more unexpected things happen. Yes, well, I, I do think I am getting better at it, so I probably will not have another outburst again. 
Well, we shall see. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be a piece of cake for you. No pun intended. <laughs> oh, wait, there was a pun. We are on a baking show, after all. Oh, right, baking show. Hmm. Uh, as you guys are walking along, Dave, you step on something kind of unexpected. Like I said, it's getting a little bit dark, so just the lights from above are shining on the sidewalks and whatnot, and you are in a little bit of a dark patch, and you step on something that's kind of sharp underneath your foot. What the... And I'm going to lean down and pick it up. It is an unlocked padlock. I'm going to look around me and see if there's anything nearby that looks like it should be padlocked. Uh, you look around and you can see throughout most of the park, there are uh, these large plexiglass enclosures that would hold the dinosaurs and... There are occasional gates that people would use, uh, the owners would use to let the dinosaurs in and out. And you look towards uh, the closest one, and it does in fact appear to be unlocked. Guys, does this seem like it might be a problem to you? Oh my word! Uh, quick, quick, let's take some samples. Is there any droppings left behind? We need to find out what was in this... I'd like to approach the enclosure and look inside. Um, uh, Dave, perhaps I should go in. I I may not be eaten because I am a, a dinosaur. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. All right, so Trex, you go to peek your head inside of the enclosure. Go ahead and roll with Sneaky. That is a one. One, all right. So you poke your head into the enclosure and one of the first things that you see are a number of uh, what appear to be cow bones that have been completely stripped of all their meat. There's a couple bits and pieces still hanging on, but you can tell right off the bat this is the enclosure of a carnivore. I'd like to start eating the scraps of meat off the rest of the cow bones. All right. So you lean down and you start chop, chop, chopping, and you hear not too far from you this uh, kind of low... Uh, I'd like to stand up and take a look around. You stand up and you start peering into the darkness. Roll with Clever for me. That is a plus three. All right. So you start peering into the darkness around you, and you can see close to the entrance, starting to slip its way out from the underbrush, is an Allosaurus. And it's making its way towards the gate that you've just entered through. David! David, there's a big dinosaur coming through here! Professor! I would like to run into the enclosure and jump onto the Allosaurus's back and try and wrangle it. Alright, sounds to me like we're beginning an encounter. Let's go ahead and roll initiative. Initiatives are quick checks, correct? Yeah, for a physical combat, we're going to go ahead and roll with quick. Plus one. Plus one as well. Uh, zero. So, the Allosaurus is going to get the jump on all of you. Um, between Trex and Dave, which of you has the higher quick approach? I have plus one. So do I. All right. We'll say that when we get to your turn in the initiative, you can both act in whichever order you would like. So, the Allosaurus, as it sees Dave enter into the compound, uh, he's going to try and move his way past you to get out of this holding pen. So he is going to try and roll a quick check. Uh, Dave, go ahead and how would you like to try and oppose this Allosaurus for making it outside of the gate? I would like to stand my ground in front of it, and as it gets close, I'd like to try and shove a cookie into its mouth. 
Oh, so you're going to use your stun? Yes. All right. So you reach up to shove in the cookie. Go ahead and roll with Flashy to try and see how well you can persuade this dinosaur. And I'll say you can get a free fate point invocation on that for using your stunt. Plus two. Plus two. All right. So yeah, it looks down at the pastry and stops and its pupils dilate and it starts sniffing and you just toss the cookie into its mouth and it starts chomping on it, rears its head back. Uh, It is very distracted for the moment. Okay. And that is just in time to bring us to Trex and Dave's turn. Um, I will defer to Dave because I, I called him in and he's the one who sprang into action. All right, Dave, what would you like to do? I would like to approach the Allosaurus and try and calmly give it some neck scritches while saying, who's a good boy? Go ahead and roll with careful. Plus three? Plus three. Yeah, you start scratching on the Allosaurus's neck and it starts making sort of these reptilian purring noises as it continues to eat the cookie. And it looks down towards you and starts sniffing about your pockets as if it's looking for more cookies. For my action, I would like to invoke my trouble of my my animal instincts, but in this case, not killer instincts, but I see this treat giving neck scritches going on and I want in on it like all animals do. They get jealous. And so I'm going to go up and start nudging Dave and wagging my tail. All right. So you're trying to get in on the cookie action as well. All right, we'll see how that resolves in a moment. Let's go ahead and see what Dr. Bond would like to do. I am strictly saying in the back, recording this whole encounter. (laughs) All right, gaining some uh, research materials for future reference. That's going to bring us back to the Allosaurus. It looks down at Trex trying to muscle in on his turf, and he's not very happy about that. He's going to try and use his tail to slam Trex out of the way. So he is going to roll an attack with Forceful. Uh, Trex, how would you like to defend yourself? I'd like to defend myself with Clever. All right, what does that look like for you? That is a plus three. Uh, Well, how do you defend yourself using Clever? I would like to see where this is coming and deftly position myself so that his swing goes wide. All right. Okay, go ahead and roll to defend with Clever. Yes, I rolled a zero, so that's plus three. Plus three. All right, he also rolled a plus three, but I am going to spend a fate point for this Allosaurus to invoke his aspect, really wants cookies. Fair enough. That is going to give him a plus five, so he slams you out of the way with his tail, and you hit up against the wall of the enclosure, and you take two stress. (laughs) Oh, I'm so stressed. All right, that brings us to Trex and Dave. What would you guys like to do? Is my The Dinosaur Knows Its Place boost I got last time, does that only apply to Trex or does that apply to any dinosaur? I'm going to say that will apply to any dinosaur if you would like. Okay, so I'm going to use that. I'm going to invoke it and it's a one-time use, right? So it would be gone after this? Yeah, but you can use that uh, to get a plus two or a reroll to any of your results. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to sternly rebuke it. And I'm just going to say, no, bad dinosaur, lay down. All right, go ahead and roll with forceful. Oh, so I got an even zero. Uh, He got a plus two. Can I invoke that to a reroll? Yes, you may. That brings me to a plus two. Plus two. So it is a tie. So in this instance, you are going to succeed at a minor cost. What does this minor cost look like? 
Uh, you start scolding the Allosaurus, and it uh, is going to uh, stop attacking, but it's going to, in its shame, try and rush its way out of the front gate. So it's going to uh, start moving in the direction of the gate to try and get away from the shameful situation. Trex, what would you like to do? I, seeing that my competition is on the run, would like to try to steal a cookie from Dave. All right. Go ahead and roll with Sneaky. Uh, Dave, you can go ahead and roll with Clever to see if you notice. That's an even zero. Oh, mine's a minus two. (laughs) Oh, shoot. Yeah, you got your cookie. (laughs) Oh, yes. Exquisite. Mm. But also, does that mean, does he have to invoke that uh, I like him extra now, or does that just happen? I would have to invoke it. So, yeah, the way that invoking your aspects works is mostly in response to a roll that you have made. If you don't like the result of the roll, then you invoke an aspect to try and get a better result. Okay, so for me, it's just a delicious cookie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dave, what kind of delicious cookies have you been carrying around with you? Oh, so these are a chocolate chip with blueberry swirl in the dough. Ooh. Mm, lovely. So that is going to bring us to Dr. Bond. You're sitting there recording, and as you do, you see the Allosaurus turns towards the gate and starts moving in your direction. I definitely turn tail and run. All right. So you start rushing away from the scene. Uh, Is there anything else that you would like to do? Is there anywhere that you're rushing toward or just away from the Allosaurus? Just away. All right. So you start rushing away from the pen, uh, kind of filming over your shoulder. You're getting very much that shaky cam sort of look going on. Uh, That's going to bring us back to the Allosaurus now. It sees you running away, and boom, motion. Holy cow, pray. The Allosaurus starts just bounding after you as quickly as it can. Uh, It's going to roll with quick to see if it can catch up to you. Uh, Dr. Bond, you roll with quick as well. I got a one. Got a plus three. So the Allosaurus has caught up to you at this point, and it kind of interposes itself on the other side of you in your path. So you're currently just face to face with this Allosaurus, and it looks down at you and roars in your face. Doctor, no! Yeah, that's going to bring us to Trex and Dave. What would you guys like to do? I am going to chase after and try and just give a, like, swift swat on top of the nose to the Allosaurus. Like a rebuking, just, like, bad dog swat. All right. Go ahead and attack with Forceful. It's going to try and defend with Quick to try and dodge out of the way. That's a plus three. He got a flat zero. So you have succeeded with style, meaning that not only do you deal the damage, but you can reduce that damage by one to generate a boost if you would like to. Uh, sure. I'll do that. All right. So you deal two stress to the Allosaurus, and I'm going to just give you back that same boost. The dinosaur knows its place. Okay. All right. Trex, what would you like to do? I would like to... Go up to, boy, I've never tried to do this before, but I'd like to go up to the Allosaurus and try to see if I can communicate with it. I know I can speak to humans. Can I speak to dinosaurs still? So I'd like to try to calm it uh, verbally and say, excuse me, my good Allosaurus, I really don't think you want to. He's quite a good chap. They're both quite good chaps. Please do not harm them. All right, go ahead and roll to overcome with careful. Can I, 
It's not a terrible roll, but what do I need to do to re-roll something? If you have either one of your aspects or maybe one of the Allosaurus's aspects, you can invoke that aspect, spend a fate point, and either get plus two to the roll or re-roll it. I would like to get plus two to the roll by invoking my perfectly proper or prehistorically proper aspect and call upon my prehistoric sophistication to persuade him. All right. What does that uh, bring your result to? Plus five. Plus five. Well, he only got a one, so you definitely succeed with style. So you accomplish your goal and you also generate a boost. So the boost that I'm going to give you is just oh so pleasant. Oh so pleasant. And this is a boost that you can use in your social encounters in the future to try and give yourself a little bit of an edge. After you use it, it will disappear. So yeah, you try to talk down the Allosaurus and it turns to you and it's kind of panting a little bit, but it's panting starts to slow down and uh, it rumbles out in that dinosaur way, but you can discern the words and he says, you get to be free aware in the pens. It's not fair. Trex is now having a moral dilemma that he had never considered before. All right. That is going to bring us to Dr. Bond. What would you like to do? I take another rat out of my pocket and I kind of wave it back and forth to see if he like follows it. Okay, yeah, go ahead and roll to overcome with Flashy to see if you can get his attention. Two. Two, all right, that will be sufficient. Uh, This Allosaurus, as it's having its sort of questions of morality and existence, just gets completely distracted by this rat, and it turns towards you and starts panting almost like a dog, as it's very much interested in this rat at the moment. So you definitely have its attention. Is there anything that you're going to attempt to do now that you have its attention? I'm going to invoke my stunt. He's calling for help. Can you remind us what the effects of that are? The effects are that I can communicate with the dinosaur, or at least be able to, yeah, communicate ideas with them. And so I want to, I'm going to look at him and I'm going to say, and put my other hand out in front of his face or whatever and say, sit. And the Allosaurus just sits down on its haunches and it's got its little teensy Allosaurus arms are just about brushing the earth in front of it. And it's still just there panting intently as it's looking at the rat. Good Allosaurus! And I throw a rat at him. Alright, so you throw the rat to the Allosaurus, and for the Allosaurus's turn, it's just going to chomp down on this rat. Uh, that gives you a bit of time to recollect yourselves. Uh, Trex and Dave, is there anything that you guys want to do while this Allosaurus is distracted with its rat? Uh, well, I was thinking, uh, I just used Google to figure out that these things are actually 16 feet tall. I wanted to punch it in the throat. Uh, <laughs> I suppose I'll just punch it in the chest. <laughs> All right. Go ahead and roll with Forceful to attack. It's going to try and defend with Clever to see if it notices, but it's going to be at a pretty bad disadvantage here because it's distracted by the rat. So I got a uh, plus three, but before uh, you even tell me what you got, I'd like to invoke my keeping up appearances that I'm trying to... I, I realized I was looking a little too soft, and the reason he's punching him is because now I feel like I have to be be the tough guy again. And so I'd like to add two to that for a plus five. Yeah, you definitely have succeeded with style. It got a plus two. So with that extra invocation, not only do you deal three damage, but you can reduce that damage by one to get a another boost if you would like. I'll leave this one at three damage. Okay, you punch the Allosaurus right in the chest, and as you strike is just as it was beginning to swallow the rat, 
and it coughs and the rat goes straight down its windpipe and it starts <laughs> choking and it stands up and it's just like flailing around trying to get its windpipe free but after a while it just runs out of oxygen and it falls to the ground and uh, you guys don't have to worry about this Allosaurus anymore. I will turn to it and say, You, sir, are a monster. No, not it. Him, Dave. You are a monster, sir. I'm sorry, I'm a monster. That thing had feelings. It was a lot like me. He just wanted to be free. I just saved your life. A thank you would be nice. Um, Trex, I am very intrigued. You have feelings? <laughs> <laughs> I understood his words as he spoke to me in his lizard language. He said that he felt that it was unfair that I got to be free while he and the other dinosaurs had to stay in the pens. And I had never considered this before. Oh, this is fascinating. Dinosaurs can have moral dilemmas. Uh, while this is going on, I'd like to start to try and drag the Allosaurus's two-ton body back <laughs> into its cage. <laughs> I have the Google fact sheet up. Go ahead and roll to overcome with forceful. That's a plus two. Plus two. I mean, yeah, this is a really heavy Allosaurus. You put forth a good effort, but you, like, grab the tail and you're trying to pull it, and it's not really going very far. All right, guys, I get that you're having a talk, but we might want to get back to our bed so nobody really knows that this was us because we might have just killed one of the park's attractions. I... No, absolutely not. I need to report this. You have just killed my cousin. No, you can't report this. We've got a competition to be on. I think that maybe we are asking the wrong questions, and maybe we should first ask, why was he let out? That... that's a really good point, actually. Because somebody else had compassion on him and wanted him to be free like me. I have been underappreciating my own freedom. Ned, I'd like to swat Trex on the nose and say, stop your blubbering. <laughs> All right. Yeah, go ahead and roll to overcome with forceful. Trex, how would you like to defend against this? I'll defend against it with quick, I think. All right, to try and dodge out of the way. All right, go ahead and each of you roll those and let me know what the results are. Um, I, I got a plus three, but I'd like to invoke uh, the dinosaur knows its place to add two to that. <laughs> Man, I also rolled a plus three, uh, but then I have a plus one to quick, which brings it to four. I'd like to invoke. Can I invoke my Oso proper? Does this count as a like a social communication or not? I'll say yes. You can try and like put up your pleasant dinosaur doe eyes and try and make Dave feel sorry for you. Yes, Oso pleasant. Yeah, I'm gonna invoke that and bring him to his sense of propriety and pleasantness to add two to that four. All right, so we're looking at Trex with six and Dave with five. I am out of fate points, so there's nothing else I can invoke. All right, so that means, Dave, you can either fail or succeed at a serious cost. Ooh, I'll just fail. All right. I want to know what the serious cost was going to be. I don't want you to, like, bite off my hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yes, Trex, you are not cowed by this display of force from your friend Dave. You, sir, are being a brute. You hear me? A brute. 
I call upon your sense of duty and propriety and humanity. You're just going to get all three of us kicked off the show. If that's what it takes for justice, then so be it. So as you guys are arguing, uh, Dave, I'm going to compel your clumsy giant trouble. Uh, You've attracted some attention uh, with all of this arguing. So you do get a fate point for that compel but you hear footsteps come rushing towards you. And as you look up, you see this somewhat slender looking gentleman and he's got a very nice suit that he's wearing. And he's got a black button up shirt with the collar popped and the top buttons kind of undone. He's got a pair of uh, lightly tinted glasses that he's wearing. And as he rushes up, Trex, you recognize this as Professor Fortinbras, the scientist who gave you your sentience. Oh, thank goodness you're here, Professor. I'd like to turn to him, and then and when I see him, I'd like to look back and go, Oh my goodness, what did you two just do to this poor dinosaur? And Dr. Fortinbras looks down at the Allosaurus and says, Wow, that Allosaurus is really dead. Oh goodness, this is not great. I just came from the other side of the park. There was another Allosaurus that was let loose, and uh, <laughs> this is not going to be great for the show that you guys are working on. We're going to have to get a new comedian host. Um, Alicia got eaten. It's not great, but you know, you know, we'll, 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 we'll be fine. We'll just say that she had to, you know, go back home to visit her family or something. We got to make sure that people keep coming to the park because, yes. We're sure that this park is safe. Professor Fortinbras, I have come to the conclusion that I am free, but the other dinosaurs are not. They are not free. I spoke to one of them. I can speak to both. I can be like a link between the two species, humans and dinosaurs, and I feel their pain. And Dr. Fortinbras kneels down before you and takes your reptilian face in both hands and starts stroking your brow ridge and says, Yes, yes, Trex, you, you are my finest achievement, and you will prove to the rest of the scientific world that I am right. And they, they need to let me continue with my experiments. These mindless Allosauruses, if they had the sapience that you do, they could have been reasoned with. But now, here they are, just eating people indiscriminately, falling dead. I mean, if these Allosaurus had been able to be reasoned with, we wouldn't be down, you know, a couple million trying to have to reanimate some new dinosaurs to fill in their places. Uh, during this conversation, while he's a little distracted with Trex, and Trex is looking at him, I would like to turn and sprint away as fast as possible. (laughs) Alright. Go ahead. Uh, Are you trying to do so unobtrusively, or just get out of there as fast as you can. I'm just trying to make my break because I'm worried about getting in trouble. All right, go ahead and roll with quick. And I'm going to roll clever for Professor Fortinbras to see if he notices you. I got a plus four. He only got a plus one. So you succeed with style. You accomplish your goal and you can generate a boost if you would like to. I'll take that boost. All right. So the boost that I am going to give to you is I wasn't even there. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, you just book it out of there. Nobody notices that you're gone. And uh, Professor Fortinbras, as he's stroking Trex's face, says, I just, I need to get a little bit of extra funding so I can start giving the other dinosaurs sapience, and then we'll be good to go. We'll be fine. We'll be perfectly fine. But, but... 
Professor, the doctor, Dr. Bond here, he can tell you. He verified it. He wrote it down in his journal. Dinosaurs have feelings. It's not that they are mindless brutes now. It's simply a matter of communication. And uh, Professor Fortinbras pats you kind of patronizingly and says, Yes, yes, of course, of course, my dear Trex. And at that point, you see uh, Peter Applewood actually starts kind of stumbling up. And you see he's got a massive bandage wrapped around his head. And he's kind of holding it with one of his hands. And there's a bit of blood uh, streaming down the side of his face. And he says, well, this, this has been incredibly unpleasant, I must say. We're going to have to get a new host, like uh, I'm sure Professor Fortinbras has already told you. But... Uh, this season's just going to be so good for our ratings, so I'm going to expect all of you there at the compound tomorrow morning bright and early for our next bake. And he gives a nod to you all and starts uh, stumbling his way back towards the compound. He kind of trips and falls at one point from blood loss. And he says, I'm fine, I'm fine, just need to up my blood sugar a bit. And he continues walking towards the compound. I pick up the padlock to see if it's been tampered with. You pick up the padlock and Professor Fortinbras says, Oh, what's, uh, what, what's this? What's this you got here? Oh, this was uh, on the floor that I'm pretty sure was supposed to go to that, um, to lock the Allosaurus in. But it has been on the floor here. It's intriguing, no? Yes, that is incredibly intriguing. Um, I can I can take care of this investigation if you don't mind. Oh, that would be grand. And he takes the padlock from you and goes up to the pen, closes it, and pops the lock back into place and says, yes, I'll be sure to, uh, you know, see if I can figure out what's going on here. Uh, you guys, of course, you, I'm sure you need to rest up for the baking competition tomorrow. Oh, I guess your friend is probably already going to get a rest. Uh, I think I'm doing okay here. I'll be sure to let you know if I find anything out. Thank you so much for coming when you did, Professor. It's much better when you're here. Yes, of course, of course. And once again, he kneels in front of you and just starts stroking your brow ridge with his hand. Uh, my lovely Trex, my lovely Trex, you are my magnum opus. And he gives you a little kiss on the snout. Oh, stop it. <laughs> While this is going on, where has Dave been heading to? Just straight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You, you eventually make it to uh, the entrance of the park, and there's a couple guards who are locking up the gates, and you see there's a young child and his parents on the other side, and uh, the kid's like, well, I want to come back tomorrow. This place is so cool. And the parents are like, I mean, yeah, it's cool, but also one of the production managers for that TV show got killed by a stegosaurus, so I think we're going to have to hold off on that. And the kid goes, okay, fine. And they go walking off. And as the guard is finishing locking up the gates, you arrive and he turns around and says, oh, 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 you're, you're Dave Skullcrusher. You're on that baking show. In, in the flesh. Wow. Uh, it's an honor to meet you. And he holds out his hand for a handshake. Yes, it's a, it's a pleasure to meet you as well. Always happy to meet a fan. And he says, man, I heard some kind of crazy stuff happen there at the tent today, but I, I heard you made it through. I heard you did a pretty good job. Um, I just want to let you know that I'm rooting for you. I, I really hope you win. I've I've been following your MMA career and dude, that time when you just completely knocked out Ewan McMacintosh and he fell to the ground like a sack <laughs> of potatoes. It was just phenomenal. It was like nothing I've ever seen before. Thank you. Thank you. Here. And he pulls out a pre-signed picture of himself. Have an autograph. 
he takes it and he just has this absolute look of elation on his face and he says, wow, uh, uh, do, do you mind if I like post this up on Instagram? I, w- I just want to let all my friends know what a cool guy you are and how much I want you to win this competition. Yeah, yeah, sure. Do whatever you like. Listen, do you know where the place we're supposed to stay at night is? The contestants. I can't find it and I was just out from my jog. Got a little lost, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, we have a bunker, actually, that the residents stay in. It's underground, away from, you know, any... You know, not that there's going to be any emergencies with the dinosaurs or anything, but, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a bunker. It's pretty cool. It's kind of like having a basement sleepover. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, there's a section that they've cordoned off for uh, the people involved with the show. Uh, it's actually, if you just go up that trail there and to the left... Uh, there's this big old sign that says authorized personnel only, and you, Mr. Skullcrusher, you are authorized personnel, and he gives you little finger guns. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, and and yes, I'm sure there won't be any emergencies with the dinosaurs. That's just silly, so... Yeah, and if there were, then Professor Fortinbras would take care of it. Of course, of course. So, thank you. It's, like I said, always nice to meet a fan, and then I'll turn and jog off, but it's a, make it look like I was actually out for an evening jog at a much more leisurely pace. All right. So uh, let's pick back up with Trex and Dr. Bond. Uh, now that Professor Fortinbras has the situation under control, are you guys headed to the bunker for bed, or is there anything else that you guys are doing? Yeah, I'll be heading back for bed. Yeah, me too. So you all converge upon the bunker at about the same time, and uh, as you get down the stairs to the bottom, you see there's a table over to the side that has a big cooler full of hot water, and there's packets of, like, instant mix, hot chocolate and cider and all kinds of stuff. There's a couple of craft services there. You've got some crudités, you've got a cold cut tray, that sort of thing, and various people on the production are just there munching and chatting amongst themselves. Trex has not eaten anything all day, so I'm going over to the cold cut tray and just (laughs) slurping it all up. Yeah, you notice there's one PA who's there. He's about to pick up a piece of turkey that's been rolled up with, like, a manzanilla olive uh, that's been stuck into it with a toothpick. And as he's reaching for it, you just (laughs) slurp up the entire thing. And he goes, oh, uh, you know what? You deserve it, Mr. Trex. You deserve it. Yes, thank you. I'm, uh, I apologize. I was just terribly hungry. Yeah, I mean, no worries, no worries. And he just kind of steps backwards very carefully back to his group of friends that he was chatting with. Is there any flavored electrolyte heavy sports drink available, Ned? Uh, yeah, there is, in fact, a cooler that seems to say Crocade on it. Okay, I'd like, uh, is it like one of those grab a cup by the side to serve yourself, or is it like bottles in ice? Yeah, it's uh, got the cups on the side of it as well. I'd like to pick up the cooler and just start, like, pressing the button on the bottom and letting it pour directly into my mouth. (laughs) All right, yeah, and you can feel that sweet rush of electrolytes getting into your bloodstream, kind of calming you down a bit. And uh, it's been a stressful day, but in this moment, just this wonderful taste of artificial fruit punch pouring down your throat. It's just so comforting. All right, that's what I'll do. I'd like to walk over to Dave. Uh, we're in the same place, right? Just the same food place? Mm-hmm. Say, oh yes, electrolytes. It's the thing that Dave craves. Good to see you again, Dave. Of course. Good to see you. Uh, how's your evening been? Much better after you left. Oh, I'm, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, sh- I'm sure we haven't seen each other since taping, and I look around the room nervously. Dave, 
You're not only a coward, but you're a murderer as well. I hope you burn and that all your cakes burn too. I go to Trex and I say, um, I, just, just for my studies, but are you religious? I, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. It must have been implanted in me. Fascinating. It could be literal as well. I literally hope you burn. <laughs> as you guys are having this conversation, Peter Applewood comes walking out of his room, and you can see that there's some security guards working for the theme park, and he announces to the entire crew here, uh, we've just had word from security that it seems like the release of the Allosaurus was an inside job. Anybody in this park could have done it. We have a traitor amongst us. However, this season is going to get us amazing ratings, and so we need to keep going. I'll expect all of you bright and early in the compound tomorrow morning. Just keep your eyes open for any shifty sort of individuals, and if you can, I don't know, figure out who it is on the inside that has released these dinosaurs that literally ate my co-host, then that would be greatly appreciated. Well, it seems we have an imposter among us. Yes. Dave, if I weren't right next to you the entire night, I would have thought that you had done it. Right. We were together the entire night, so I couldn't have possibly done it. And then I take a big drink. And at that moment, Skag Skaggs comes up next to you, and he leans in Dave and says, Well, now that you've got the taste of sabotage in your blood, looks like you're really taken to it, just like I thought you would. Uh, I literally spit-take Crockade into Skag's <laughs> face. <laughs> and I go, You don't really think this could have been me, do you? And he says, Hey, I'm just saying. Once you get a taste of it, it's hard to let go of. You start to get that thrill, that bit of adrenaline that starts pumping through your blood every time you do something that gives you a little bit of an advantage in the world. I like you. And he gives you another really, really slow wink and starts walking towards his room. <laughs> I grab him and I turn him around and I go, One, stop winking like that. It's the most obvious thing I think I've ever seen you do. Two... I would accuse you of doing this, but you're obviously too cowardly to do your own dirty work since you made me do it this morning. And three, I have not gotten the taste of anything except for my own delicious pastries. So you can rightfully buzz off. Go ahead and roll to overcome with forceful. It's a zero. He rolled a plus three. I rolled a minus three. Ooh, he looks you right in the face and he says, keep telling yourself that. And he pats you on the shoulder and goes back towards his room. And I turn around and shove my mouth onto the nozzle and keep slurping down Crockade. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else that you guys want to do before you turn in for the night? No, but I won't speak to Dave. All right. So you all head to your rooms. You can see that they're each outfitted with a nice, comfy, sort of military-looking cot, uh, but it's got a good mattress on it. There's a wardrobe where you can put all of your belongings, and you all bed down for the night with the knowledge that apparently there is a saboteur in your midst. And I think that is a good place for us to finish today's episode and pick up next time. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of Improv Tabletop. Uh, I've been really enjoying this setting that we've got here. So, yeah, as far as other things we've got going on, as always, we've got our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball. If you like D&D 5e, then this is going to be right up your alley. Uh, another thing that I am working on, 
Uh, I recently decided that I am going to start making small batch artisan playing cards in my studio apartment, and I'm going to be uh, drawing all of the royalties myself. Uh, so if you have like a certain look you're looking for, uh, like if you want me to try and, I don't know, imitate the art of famous artists, then just let me know. Uh, you can find the work that I'm doing at uh, artisanalplayingcards.weebly.com. Caleb, anything that you would like to plug? I've said this before, but watch out for the historical fiction novel No King, No Country. I'm recording the audiobook as we speak. Not like right now, but you know. Uh, you know what I mean. Uh, look out for that in January on Audible and iTunes and Amazon and all those places. All right. Uh, Evan, your last performance art piece was a huge success from what I recall. Is there any other stuff you've got going on in your future? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm sad you couldn't make it while you were, uh, you know, climbing all 50 uh, states' highest peaks while I was up in Canada. But uh, this next one, you've got a shot at. I'm going to be um, literally just freezing myself into a brick of ice at some remote location of the world, and I will not remove myself until one of my fans finds me. Nice. <laughs> I'm very excited to see how this one turns out. Yeah, hopefully I'll be back for filming next next week. But I'll have to remember to ask who finds you. Yeah, hopefully somebody finds him because uh, we still have half of this arc to finish up. And if you're frozen, it'll make it really difficult to record. Uh, JP, you got anything going on? Um, I'm just working on my uh, on a problem I've been researching. And it's just, uh, you know, the conundrum. If a vampire bites a zombie, who becomes the zombie and who becomes the vampire? Mm. Oof. I'll be uh, very interested to hear what you find out about this because we might be able to use that in future campaigns of Improv Tabletop. Oh, yeah. Well, once again, thank you all for listening. We will be right back here next week with more adventures in Jurassic Bake Off. I have been your host and GM, Ned Wilcock, and I've been joined today by... Caleb Anderton, your existential crisis in a reptilian package. Evan Peterson, the one doing a really bad impression of a British guy he saw on a TV show last week. And I am JP, uh, expert dinosaur trainer. Much love and stuff. We'll catch you next week.